Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 60, no, 86. I'm do, we, do you want to do that again? No. 87? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a long day. It's been a long day. Yeah. Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 87. Uh, when is that? I don't like that. I don't know. Uh, our next guest was uh, born and raised in New York City in Staten Island. Okay, debatable. Not New York City, but okay. Uh, Multi-instrumentalist, <laughs> vocalist, and producer. Uh, he actually went to school with uh, with Daniel. Yeah. Yes. School, having one of his friends on. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Sean Patrick Miller underscore. And uh, yeah, we're, we're here to talk about, I guess, your stuff. And you, you have a new single out right now, right? Uh, Leave It All Behind. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I should have also. Yeah, that's my personal account. My my um, music account currently is it's just Miltrick lowercase M I L T R I C K with the underscore. Um, and yes, I just released a new single today called "Leave It All Behind." Cool, cool, cool. So I guess we'll just uh, make sure to to plug, you know, the the music account on. Yeah, sorry about that. If I didn't include it. Oh no worries. Uh, thank you, us. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate thank it. You for having me. Yeah, it's great. Like I told Daniel before this started a few moments ago, this is my first like official interview, and also like Zoom interview thing. So this is cool. Just hanging out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Fun meeting some of Daniel's friends. Um, I didn't yeah. go to college. I was I got accepted to Anianta. Fun fact. Oh, cool. And nice. uh, just didn't want to make the trip. I feel like it was too much work <laughs> going upstate. Yeah, it that was a drive, and the winters. Yeah. We, we've had some uh, tumultuous winters up there yeah, for sure. Times, it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it was ridiculous. No men, no angels. Definitely, yeah. definitely some of them. This, I don't think I, I ever played in the snow. What, what was I doing? Because I remember my last. No, I don't think I ever. Maybe one time I like I like hung up with friends in the snow, but. I've definitely fallen a few times in that snow. <laughs> 100%. Especially yeah. lugging equipment to fine arts. Dan, you oh, remember yeah. those yeah, trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it could be like a super challenge of trying to play guitar in the snow. Yeah. I just can never do it. My hands are like always too cold to move. Yeah, I think that goes for everybody. I don't think I've ever seen I think you could, yeah, but I'm pretty sure you could like work towards it, no? No, I mean, you could you, you could just have like, what do you call those? Like like the pocket warmers in your like pockets, like a few seconds yeah metallica was the one who did like in, in antarctica or something right no yeah but they they did it in like a dome they, they didn't do that's it outside cheating. that's not cheating that's cheating <laughs> maybe well probably like i guess playing a lot let's say you're touring in a lot of amphitheaters or arenas and it is the winter probably like yeah some of the some of the the pros they probably get used to it because it's probably yeah they probably get a little chilly yeah, has to get a little chilly with certain shows you know carolers you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but they're not using their hands. They're using it. Well, what voice. if like they, you know, accompaniment, like, you know, well, guitar. And they're not, they're not car- uh, car- My car- hands get chapped even in the winter, especially even down here. So I know it's like, that's probably, that's, that, that's one of my struggles. I got to make sure, you know what I mean? When you get just like, it's so dry, <laughs> whether or not you don't dry it enough after you wash your hands and you go out and you're done. You're done for like three days. You get yeah. all chapped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, how, yeah. how did your musical journey start? So the first, the very first thing, well, my parents were music lovers as well. And they were, they were big into uh, classic rock and a lot of rock records, other genres as well, but mostly that because they were born in the early sixties, they grew up in the seventies and my, both my parents, especially my father, he had a, a huge collection of vinyl records in his closet that was always on the top shelves and I couldn't touch. And when I was younger, I'm like, what are those, are those, these huge blocks? He's like, what is that? Those books, whatever. And he also had a lot of CDs. That 
based on what they introduced me when I was growing up, a lot of classic rock artists and even some pop and hip hop artists, that was what kickstarted. And then the end of second grade, it was June 28, 2005. Don't ask me why I remember it, but that was the end of second grade for me. And he took me to Guitar Center in New Jersey and I got my very first guitar, which was this, uh, this Red Squire Jr. Stratocaster. So it wasn't like an official size one, but it was like a little guitar because I was just like a little dude at the time. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But that was when I was like, you know what? Because I really wanted it for a few months. And I was like, I just wanted to play guitar. I thought it'd be cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was what kickstarted it. At the end of second grade, getting that guitar because I wanted one for a few months. And after I got it, I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, this is so cool. Now I have this thing I can mess around with and play. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't know what I was doing for a while still after that. <laughs> it was like, I have this thing that I could mess around with and make sounds with. That was blowing my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, what what sort of changed in your mind? Because I'm pretty sure like when you started, you know, just picked up the guitar, you didn't think you would pursue it. 100%. Yeah. Even like I didn't necessarily even fully realize I wanted to create music either independently or just like either go to school for it, like we did or just be a musician in any professional way. And so more like high school, because when I first got it, that was an elementary school and I wasn't very diligent with practicing at first at all. I wasn't very committed, I guess is the word to say, because I would have ebbs and flows and just being a kid, I would get distracted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So for the first few years, I was definitely slacking. But then after like, after elementary school, middle school, I picked it up more. And even like in sixth and seventh grade, I used to put like covers up on YouTube that I took down because they were (laughs) low average 2009. Yeah, what a time. But I would mess around with stuff like that. But then First couple years of like adolescence, I stopped like 13 to 14, 15. I didn't really do anything because I was like, oh, I don't want to play. I don't want to do anything, whatever. Like, I don't want to, I want to do other things. I want to like, just, I don't know. But then sophomore year of high school is when I really started again, wanting to, I started a band with some friends when I was like 15, 16 and 2013. And in 2014, we played some shows around Staten Island, nothing crazy. And that was like my junior year. Then I was like, well, I want to do this full time. I want to find a way. How can I make this like, into a full-time thing. And that's when I wanted to definitely, um, that's when I realized I want to go to school for it. And also just kind of wanted to find a way to make it a living. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I rambled there a little bit. I was trying no, to, no, no, I mean, that's sort of like, it's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, cool. we like making sure the guests ramble. Um, I, I think what's interesting to me is like, you know, obviously you, you chased it because that was something you, you love to do, but like, like why, like, why do you like to do it? Honestly, I think there's new, I feel there's numerous reasons it's hard, but I think it's also because I was exposed to it at a young age because of the people around me and even like, you know, people in my family, mostly it was just like my parents, but they weren't necessarily musicians. They just exposed it to me by like how like my father took me to get a guitar. He just like left it open and he took me to get a guitar. And I guess because of just, I was exposed to it in some way at a young age, I kind of just like pinballed back to it like I spent some time away from it growing up just being a normal kid and then also I had to go back to it like I guess it was since I was exposed to it young I spent time away from it and then also it drove me back to it naturally because it was just in my life casually for so long because now at this point it's been in my life for 16 years like the idea of like creating something or even just writing songs or just having some kind of instrument Mm -hmm. that I own it's like that must have been it and then as I grew older I realized I'm never going to be this young again. I might as well just try now. And if I fall on my face and I fail, at least like I could have an, oh, well, instead of a, what if moment, you know what I mean? Before I'm any older, just in case I don't want to have that. I don't want to feel like 
shame or regret. Like, oh, you know, I should have did this when I was like, like in my late teens or early twenties. Like, why not just go for it? And if I fail, I fail. Like, who cares? What, what the hell? You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, how, uh, speaking of which, like, how do you feel your time? You know, up at up at kind of like shaped you, um, or like influenced you know the way you go about. Um, you know, just like doing music in general. So everything from like how you make your music to like ultimately marketing it and, you know, everything surrounding kind of like, you know, your like, you know, musical self. Yeah. Oneyata was my time there. And even what we, through our studies, it was definitely influential in the fact that it taught me a lot of valuable things like the importance, like Oneyata wasn't a huge place, but it still, it gave me valuable insight into how to interact and work within a community of some sort regarding creatives or music industry. That was, that was great insight I received from that. And I, I loved how like even Oneonta, it was smaller because even like with the class size, it really got me to, and I feel with um, other students as well, I don't know if you feel the same way, but because it was smaller, it allowed us to connect more with each other, like the students and even like the professors, like we were able to have more like one-on-one time in a way where it's like, we were able to, if we wanted to get the most out of it, that was a big thing. Like learning how to interact in some kind of creative community, whether big or small, in terms of also moving forward marketing, it taught me the importance of collaboration, but also self-sufficiency. And I was, and even when I was in high school, before I knew I wanted to commit to studying music industry. And even like, since then, I've always realized that that is important. Like the, like self-sufficiency as well, being able to, you know, just get an idea out quickly if you want it, whether it's in like your DAW or just recording something. So you have it preserved for maybe later, but Oneonta as well was powerful in that the power of like self-sufficiency collaboration, being able to work with people if you want, because you get more insight and ideas that could help your own songs evolve, but also then being able to have enough knowledge where you can just bang an idea out on your own. So at least you have it for future use and you could always work on it. Mm-hmm. Knowing knowing enough tools where you could at least just record an idea so that you don't lose it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I I think like one of the best things about kind of like Onyanto for sure was kind of like the community, you know, going over to the spleen and stuff like that. Like memories that. Yeah. Different house venues, bars. House venues and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man. I miss those days. It's funny. Like I always hear you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I always hear you talking about how you wish you didn't go to Oneonta. Though. No, 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 no. In terms, okay, so, so I was like, gonna ask you this. Yeah, like, like do you like, feel no, like you no, got no, your no, money's no. worth from no, Oneonta? See, no, that's the thing. Okay. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. Shut up. Shut up. Do you feel like you got your money's worth out of Oneonta? <laughs> yes or no? Well, to to be honest, that it that is that is a hard question. Like, I mean, in general, I, it's it's hard. Like, that's the thing. I don't I don't regret my experiences at all because I met a lot of great people and I've learned a lot of great things. In terms of that, I mean, I guess it was just like, of course, because of what's transpired in the last year, of course, and I'm probably not alone. It's just left me frustrated with like numerous aspects of, I guess it just left me in a limbo as well, like of what I want to do professionally. And because of things were taken away for a little bit, you know what I mean? I feel, I don't regret my experiences. I feel like I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people, but also I do, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought since the two years since we graduated, like, Oh, did I have to go there? Like how, well, or at least I'd be lying if I said I haven't definitely thought on multiple occasions, like, well, how would have life been differently if I didn't go? Did I have to go? Um, 
would I have been able to learn the same things on my own time through different avenues, like through maybe self-education or just like, what if like, if I decided to just not go to college and, um, and this is not me like talking negatively about it at all. Like, you know, I feel like it, it varies between individual experience for sure, but I've definitely thought like on either side of the coin, like, what if, what if that, you know, what if I then just like, didn't go and I just tried to like work at, um, at a job and, um, like I used to work at Dunkin' Donuts and like Starbucks. Like what if I just like just worked at some job that, you know, I was able to like have living by where I could just inject that all into music right away from the ages of like 18 to 22. What have things been different? Would have they been better? Would have been worse? That, that definitely has crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely same. And like, so like, so like that's what David was talking about. Cause I do, I don't know. Cause like, uh, because like I, I said, that, a lot of great experience. Like I've had yeah, a lot of great experiences. Yeah, like a, like I thought I that as well. Wouldn't trade my friends that I made that I made. You know, on or like anything like that for the world. But in terms of just yeah. like the more practical side of it, as of like obviously, like we like we have like hindsight now. Yeah, like, you know, looking back now, like personally, would 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 I have gone to you know college at all for music? Definitely not, because I did realize that at this point, especially with like music music production, yeah. you could definitely teach yourself that and, and things like that. But in terms of the experience that I had and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like I definitely appreciate them all. But in terms of just like looking back now, would would I be in twenty k of debt or like would I want to be in twenty k of debt for the education that I receive. And that's not like anything to do with our like professors or anything. No, yeah, yeah, you're just talking. That's natural thoughts, yeah, Yeah. natural. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for me personally, considering how the uh, music industry kind of went to hell because of COVID, (laughs) like I definitely wouldn't wouldn't do it again. Yeah, like I definitely wouldn't do it again. But yeah, definitely, I mean, it is what it is, you know, and like I guess we both have similar experiences where yeah. where we were like doing live sound right up until you know yeah. COVID, and then yeah, COVID kind of destroyed. <laughs> yeah, legit, it's so wild, and like because that's the thing. Like even my job beforehand, it wasn't stable. It wasn't necessarily stable. Like I didn't have benefits, but it, I felt it was the perfect job to get. Like I spent all of the summer. After, after we graduated, rattling off resumes and stuff, like I've definitely, I sent over 160 resumes, you know what I mean? Damn. And cover letters. And I got my job in September. And that's the thing. It was great because I was still technically a freelance. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a media production company that was based out of Queens and they would work with off-Broadway theaters. And I was still freelance. Like they had this scheduling app where we were all numerous freelancers and everyone also that worked, they were musicians and creatives. You were able to kind of, if you, let's say a weekly schedule came out, you were like, oh, I'm free for this gig, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you work 20 hours a week. Sometimes you could go working one week and not getting any gigs. But it was great because it was like, it was, there was, um, there was flexibility. So it was like perfect, but up until something like COVID happened, because then it's like, boom, like not like the hospitality industry's live was just, it was decimated. And it's like, well, shoot, like, what do I do now? It's like, that was a great job to have especially in like New York. Yeah. And now it's like, well, damn, now what, you know? And things will, will come back eventually, but it was just like, it, it's so wild. And like you said, with the music production, like even self-education and I like the music, especially something like the music industry, it's even from when we started, like 2015 was our freshman year, right? That's when you started as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that, that's six years ago now. And 
Don't remind it's me. not even like any anything anyone or any institution can control. The music industry is constantly evolving, which is also fascinating and intriguing, especially for people like us if we're independent creators. Mm-hmm. It's like it's always evolving. So no matter what you learned, even what anyone learns five years ago, you can still implement that. But you're always going to have to keep learning, which I think is cool. It's like sometimes it's it's a little stressful, you feel, but then you just have to dive in it. But yeah, because it's always changing. It's an industry that's never going to stop changing, I feel. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Because like we didn't even... Wild. When did like TikTok come out? Like what, 2018? <laughs> but even I then... 18, yeah, I feel it wasn't around before like 18. Maybe yeah, 2017? I think it was like musically before that. It was, oh, it was oh, yeah, oh yeah, it was like musically it was before. But like even oh, yeah. like, TikTok, like, like even though, you know, our like professors were pretty savvy with you know kind of like you know social media and stuff like that in terms of that like who could have predicted tiktok would become like the new frontier for you know the music industry and just like how much you know things like tiktok have like affected you know music in general so like yeah and promotion how you get yourself out there yeah it's crazy how that was definitely the first last year yeah like something like tiktok and even like live streaming it's cool how live streaming has taken the forefront in certain ways like how it's how people have been able to I communicate and collaborate on that. That's cool. But yeah, like who expected TikTok? Like when we were like even four years ago, like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know, it yeah. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, speaking of music in general, kind of like TikTok, whatnot, um, I think now would be would be a good time to kind of like check out your single. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it called again? The most recent one that I released today is called Leave It All Behind. Leave It All Behind? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's check it out right now. And then we can like talk about it a bit yeah. after. Sounds good. So, hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC News. And, oh, fuck. So we used to have this, like, news segment. So, like, I don't know why, because uh, I was my, in charge my of My home news. phone is ringing. Let me just get Hold that. Hold on, dude. <laughs> hey, works out. I get some coffee in the morning. Sounds bad. How? Oh, Shout out landlines. Oh, God. No, nah, no worries. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I had a uh, had the freaking landline ringing. I went to callers. I should be better than this. God damn it! Then you're twenty thousand dollars in debt. You can't fix cable. No. Oh, I was talking about speaking problems. XLRs are the enemy. <laughs> no, it didn't. Hang. But, uh, okay, let's, no, let's do this properly now. No college course can prepare you for cable management. Is that it? Surprisingly enough, I mean, we did learn a bit about cable management. Oh, I guess. Oh yeah, the TA classes. Shout yeah, out Andres and Gavin and yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, good times. Yeah, I can't believe it's been two years, bro. Like, I'm losing my mind. Bro. I mean, it's been it's been like a year from, or yeah, a, a year for me. Because remember, I was like off in Japan. Oh no, yeah, that. No, I was there for a year, close. right? Huh? You were there for a year? Yeah, 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 yeah. You there so, up until like the pandemic, basically. No, so I came back uh, uh, summer of 2019. Oh, I was already back, but then so so I spent my last semester like 
this like the fall of 2019 up in like Onianto. Then I graduated. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, At least you yeah. got you were there for the like perfect time, like right. Yeah, before. Exactly, right before. Right before. What the hell? How was it? Was it a be- like? How was? Yeah, no, it was great, and I like and I like did shows there and stuff like that. It was it was amazing, bro. It was, That's sick. It was amazing. That is sick. Yeah, yeah. once this all ends, I want to. Do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a plane again. It's, like it's gonna be sooner, th- sooner than later. But at this point, yeah, it's hope. great. Like, I feel like, yeah, hopefully, like six to nine months. I feel like if things keep going in the same direction, like things are like looking optimistic, which is like a relief. Yeah, like maybe like have... October, November. Yeah. Like it'll yeah. be like maybe gone. You know. Yeah, but, be- but then we have be... states like Texas. No, but to be fair, you shouldn't yeah. be optimistic. I mean, we last year we <laughs> thought this shit was gonna be over in like what two three weeks. That's because we trusted the government. That's that. that exactly. That's because we like thought the government was competent. You can't make the same mistake twice. No, that's true. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, like shit just keeps going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah who knows? Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Low expectations. So you won't be any upset. Just kind of going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Low expectations. Yeah. Whatever right. happens, happens. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's 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 like properly get into get this. back into the news. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like New York City. Sounds like NYC. And. Uh, I, I, I almost messed City. it up. I almost messed it up. That's Never why. called it New York City. I, anyway, I, I did it right. So so we just finished listening to Leave It All Behind. And uh, yeah, so like we were like talking talking a bit about it, a bit about it during the break. But like, do you want to tell us kind of like how you formed the song, the significance of the song, everything about the song, basically? Sure. So like I like I was talking about in terms of the lyrics, what inspired the lyrics was it the lyrics were inspired by realizing that whether you're sorry, the lyrics were inspired by realizing when you're in a relationship that sometimes, especially in a time like this, when you're in early to mid twenties, you don't always, you realize you don't, you're not seeing eye to eye with the person you're in a relationship with and that you both realize that, you know, we both want different things professionally. We don't, we both have different short and medium term goals and that it's best to just like have an amicable ending. It's all good. Everything's friendly, but just realizing we both have different goals for the short and medium term. It's best if we just go our separate ways and just accomplish that instead of just trying to force something that isn't meant to be. It's also inspired by realizing that some individuals, whether it's friends or family, that they don't necessarily understand what what you want to go for professionally, especially in a career involving music with a lot of ups and downs. It's not set in stone. It's not a lot of a safety net. And it's, it's very volatile sometimes. And a lot, of, a lot of people, no fault of their own, it's just they don't necessarily understand that. They don't see why you're motivated to be an independent creator, musician. And then you realize that, you know, I just have to, you know, stick to myself for a little bit. Nothing against you. You're allowed to have your own opinion. But it's just that, you know, it's like I don't want to be bogged down by your pessimism or negative energy. I just have to kind of like go ghost for a little bit and just put my ideas into action. And if it works, awesome. If not, oh, well, like, screw it. At least I just did it on my own accord instead of being inspired by someone else saying that it may not work out. Mm -hmm. That was what inspired the lyrics. In terms of the sonics and the production, the the beat itself, well, the guitar, the guitar I just recorded in my dining room. Like, right now, I have my my booth right here. The main mic, what I use for vocals is an AKG C214, and I have this mono-price acoustic shield, and I just recorded my vocals like right in this little corner. This is like my fireplace. And I just was against the wall and I recorded the vocals there. I first wrote the lyrics. I think the first draft was made September 23rd, 2020. I still have it in my notes. 
and I finished the song up in October. Mm-hmm. And then the guitar I recorded in my living room, I had, it was, a, it was a guitar I got in 2005. The day I went to Guitar Center to get that little guitar I was talking about that my father took me to get the Squire, he got a guitar as well, a Fender Stratocaster. And he, um, he played guitar for a little bit, but, you know, life took over. He didn't, like, stick with it. But it was his guitar he got 16 years ago. It was this Fender Stratocaster. It was a fat Strat. I believe it's an HSS with the, uh, the humbucker pickup on the on the uh, the bridge that's what i used to record i just recorded it in my living room line six amp uh 150 watt spider four i use just right in the middle i put like an armoire like this little like a leg rest thing up against it with like a stack of copy paper to insulate it and i just recorded the guitar with the sm57 in my living room that's all i did and that's the main riff you hear and then the beat, I just put some 808s on, my own 808s. I just wrote a progression. I messed with the velocity to uh, give it a little more of a, so it's swimming around. It's not just like, um, like, you know, so at least it has a little movement. And then the beat was different samples I found online from Splice. And I just piled it all together. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds great. Like, I definitely. Thank like, you. Like, like, you're like a prime DIY example, just like doing the best you can. Cause you, cause you don't even have, cause you didn't even record this like in your own room. You just mm. like recorded it in your yeah. living room and stuff like that. But you definitely, it, it, it sounds great. Like, it, like has like a certain rawness to it, but it, but it's also, you know, polished to like a certain extent where it sounds, you know, very presentable and just like mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. It sounds great. Like that's awesome. Overall, I'm glad you guys dig it. I appreciate yeah, that. That's yeah, cool. Do, would you, would you have like good. any tips for anybody who's like a solo musician, like trying to do, sort of like what you're doing just making music i feel like a lot of times you know people just make excuses like especially times during right now you know what i mean where you can't really do as much as you could with like let's say uh, a buddy who has like a makeshift studio or something that might be able to help you out it's like how would you help somebody who who's like that yeah well yeah what with the song because like i said i did it a couple of months ago so in the fall so i i wanted to try and accomplish the i wanted to try and accomplish the not accomplish, finish the project where, you know, I'm at home, I'm stuck in, I'm stuck at home. You know, I don't want to, I, you know, I don't want to necessarily want to go to a studio right now because of course what was going on, I wanted just to get the track done at home. And I guess if I were to give advice, it's just every, you have to turn every con into a pro, you know, every, no matter what each individual situation or whatever your individual space is, you could use it to your advantage. It doesn't, it's not meant to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect, but that's what could make it um, it, that's what can make it maybe riveting or exciting to someone else. It doesn't have to be pigeonholed to any one thing. What I tried to use to my advantage, and I learned this from just like some of my own, um, just my own self-education, like watching numerous um, content creators on YouTube, like from their webinars, especially with pertaining to audio engineering. The best thing I learned that I would pass on is just get used to your room. Your room will be unique to you and that situation, no matter what, and you can use that to your advantage, like get addicted and know, know the back of your monitors, like the back of your hand, like no matter what monitors you have, I have JBL, um, five inch monitors. I believe, yeah. JBL 305s. I got them in the summer of 2017. They're right in my dining room right now. Cause right now I'm just doing uh, mixing and listening to reference tracks in my dining room. So the best thing is um, know your monitors. Cause if you know your monitors really well, that could really help you have reference tracks. Cause then even if your room is not treated, like my room is not acoustically treated at all because I have nothing to use to acoustically treat it. And also like, it's my dining room. My mom and dad would be pissed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mess up their, I can't mess up their dining room. 
But I just, I tried to use the room to my advantage, like, and the monitor is the biggest thing. I use a lot of reference tracks. And if you just get your track to sound like what you're listening to, then, you know, it could be good enough based on your own individual needs and wants for what you want to accomplish with the track. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of trial and error. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay to fail. I just, I even like what I use for mixing, I just got really accustomed to, I use some other plugins, but to at least practice, I use like for um, Logic and Pro Tools, but Logic, I use this track for Logic, the um, the factory EQ, this EQ7 band, because I love how with EQ, it's not, I'm not supposed to think of it as a visual aid, but I have certain frequencies in my, in, in my, in my head, in my workflow that I know that I may need to cut out, especially based on my room, you know what I mean? And also like what I may want to boost. And I use that as a visual aid to try and help me. Like I just use for that, like Logic, uh, factory EQ to help me. And then I also use um, some other plugins and compressors. I forgot which brand. I mostly just use like sound toys and waves if I use outside plugins. But like, yeah, I didn't mean to go all the way around. Oh, no, this is great. Like more content the, for us. <laughs> yeah. The advice is just use whatever negative you have as a positive. It's unique to you and you, you could inject your own individual yet. You can inject your own individual individuality into it and that could become a major pro that was just hiding right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Just get used to your room as best as you can. Use it to your advantage. Use the imperfections in your room, no matter what room you have, and use that to your advantage in your mix. Right. Cater it to that and get used that's to your advice. Yeah. That's like that's your flavor in, in a exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like I recorded, like I just had like a 16-year-old Fender guitar. I used a um a line six spider and I use it in my living room. And I used like um this like an armor like it's like um like a little footrest it's like a little cube and i use like copy paper to insulate it and i just use a 57 and i thought you know what like shit this could work like it'll make something different so it's yeah, like no, definitely yeah. try and go with it yeah and it sounds great as long as like the uh, end product is good then it doesn't matter what you use at the uh exactly the end of the day because mm -hmm. yeah. i want to release because like especially because i'm just getting started i've realized based on like all the things I've studied the last few years and like the content I've consumed, I realized that, well, what works best for me, at least for now is like, I, I want to release numerous standalone singles compared to an album. It's like an album in my head, but I realized that in order to graduate, but like I'm starting from nothing and that's okay. Like everyone does, you know, I can't expect the world right away. I'm realizing it has to be the long game with releasing music and content. I can't expect anything for probably a couple of years. And I became okay with that. Cause like, that's the beauty of it. Like I have to like, fall in love with the journey, all the negatives and pros and cons, pros and cons of it. So I want to like release numerous singles. And I realize I can't get too hung up on one. That doesn't mean you don't work hard and be passionate about it, but mm -hmm. I want to be able to release numerous stuff over time, especially like throughout this year, I want to try and put out, you know, a new single every few weeks mm -hmm. and not overthink too much. I realize sometimes it's just, you have to just like execute an idea, even if you think it's imperfect in your head, because if you're the one producing it, you're always going to get in your own head and you may, you may bog yourself down when in reality, it's like, sometimes it's just, you got to know when it's finished. Sometimes it is just finished and you heard it more by just constantly going back and not just like cutting the cord. Like, all right, this is done. It is what it is. Let me just move on. So then I could create more ideas mm -hmm. that could help in the future. Maybe like, how, how do you think an artist would be able to, to do something like that? Maybe just like set, uh, deadlines for themselves like at this point it, I, I'm done with this I'm going to move on to the next project like how would you go about it well I could only say what what's helped me because I definitely like 
I've definitely felt victim to procrastination. Like just, yeah, like I've gotten in my own way numerous times. One thing I did that helped me when I was mixing this song and even the last couple of mixes I was working on, I set a timer on my phone. Like I gave myself like a pattern where it's like, I gave myself just 34 minutes mm -hmm. and whatever I could do to mix it, I'll take a break then after that 34 minutes is up and I walk away for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes or even a couple of hours. And I realized that I just have to like put a deadline on myself, like self-imposed, act as if like someone's watching over me mm -hmm. when I'm trying to complete my mixing or my workflow and like just go with the less is more approach first, at least just first, that may be the answer you're waiting for. And then you could always go back and tweak it. But if I don't, but then yeah, because sometimes, especially with mine, like I was, I was giving myself too much time, too many options, and I was just like overthinking it, and then I wasn't getting anything done. So my advice would be just like, it's like set a set a timer on your phone and just like stick to that, and then see what you can accomplish by like putting that self-imposed like ticking deadline on you for whether it's a half hour, an hour, and just see like whatever you can accomplish in that quick period of time, and see whatever happens from that quick little pressure. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's like solid advice, and like again, like I mean this is this is this is kind of like the by, kind of like a byproduct of like studying music industry in school. Like you know what you're doing from the gate, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I mean, uh, just like you know, listening. To I definitely people, still just... don't know what I'm doing, but I definitely. <laughs> but I, but that's what I'm kind of using to my advantage. Like I'm just I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to just influence the workflow to just be, whatever I could. Um, I'm just trying to make the workflow. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to say my mind's going too fast, but that's the thing. I definitely, I'm just also winging it, but also I guess, yeah, the experiences we have. And also like, cause now we've been, we went to school for it and we've been creating for a few years now. That's definitely helped me get to the point where I am now, where I'm able to at least um, execute certain processes quicker, but only because of just, you know, trial and error for years and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I definitely still have a long way to go. I definitely have still so much. I want to learn like you know it's it's constantly evolving it's a long game i'm realizing it's like yeah you never you never you um there's always going to be something you can learn yeah no, definitely yeah so this is a podcast about new york city artists and we haven't really talked about i guess new york and how like new york I don't city think it really applies to him you. to be honest with you <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna, I'm, no, I'm, gonna down. I'm gonna let you take this because David is, David is too overzealous. Bro, you're closer. You're David. closer to Jersey. How oh, are you, right. New York? You're right. Listen, I'm not gonna disagree with you because, like, you know what it is. What I'm like, this is and New, New York City and whatever Staten Island is. It's you know it's because, for better or worse, like, I was I was born here. I was born here and I was raised here, except for when I went to college. But I was born here and I was raised here. So I feel like it's like. I'd be a fool if I just like act like I grew up anywhere else. And that doesn't mean I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, like, you know, no, like Staten Island is Staten Island. No place is perfect. You know, no places, but it is what it is, I guess. But it's definitely that. And the rest of the city being born and raised here, it's definitely influenced my music, I guess, from the momentum that comes with living here. It's definitely, mm -hmm. it's definitely very fast paced environment which i find fascinating as well it's so intriguing because stuff is just constantly moving no matter what and you're right like yeah staten island is closer to jersey probably it's like it's always it's a weird limbo but i guess that could be used to an advantage oh, you know no, no, I mean, listen, David, and i'm not gonna sit here like no, if, and anyone is like no, no, shut up, shut, David, and shut like up. if anyone's like oh my god how dare you talk about this place like that like who cares like it's all it's all lighthearted. it's fun yeah, like yeah, I mean, you're listen, right who cares? Least, who cares who cares 
it's fun. Austin, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you know what it is? Who knows what, you know, who knows? We are close to Jersey. If you look at the map, it looks like, it, it looks like that. And you know what I mean? We have only one bridge that leads to the rest of the city. And we have three that leads to Jersey. So who knows? We're in, it's like what me, like how me and Daniel in the post-college limbo right now, yeah. it's like Staten Island's in a geographical limbo, but you know what? <laughs> No, it's I don't a unique like that. place. Yeah. I was born and raised there. It is what it is. It's a unique place. I don't, I mean, I, I I don't feel like, like, like Staten Island's just used to it, though. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. everyone's used for to sure. that. Yeah. Is, yeah, people from Staten Island sure. are, are used to getting made fun of, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, but like other New York, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, we're used to it. Like, it's all good. Yeah. It's all fun. I mean, it's, it's just fun. Like, like, like why get brotherly shit? No, because you could take it too far because I know how, like, zealous you are. People know me. You could shit on it all you want. Like, what am I going to say? Like, oh my God, how dare you talk about this island like that? No, like. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's all fun. Yeah. Uh, I actually got a I, I got a good question for you. Um, sure. Because like you you you've been like with with people in, in college. Like, how do you feel about people who who move here? Are they making the right move? Oh, I really I think I cannot be the end all be all with that conclusion. I think you definitely. That island. No, yeah. I really <laughs> think, you're doing well, it. moving to the island. No, like moving to New York City in general. I will say like. It really is based on individual situation, like what your situation is, what you want to accomplish as well. I think that the pan- what's transpired last year, the pandemic and everything, it's definitely shifted life in the city. I don't know if it's led to decreasing apartment and home properties, which may be good for people if they're looking to move to the city because then historically it's cheaper than it was. But I really think it's based on individual. I mean, it's, it's, it is it's very stressful living here sometimes if you're living on your own because it is like a very competitive city, very yeah. fast paced. It doesn't sleep for anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the romanticism around it too. Like that's why. Except for the pandemic. You know? It's kind of sleeping for the pandemic. I really think it's based on the individual. I mean, I think definitely like it is still one of the best places to move for um, arts, media, and entertainment industries because it's still, still always going to be stuff happening here. I guess as far as I know, things can change. But it's really just based on individual and you have to be prepared for anything. Like if you if you have like a couple of years saved up and you realize, all right, I'm going to take the risk and move here, then yeah, by all means. And based on what you want to accomplish, because there's so many great things in the city, in New York, but it really is based on the individual situation. It's really hard to have a definitive answer to that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel it's because like the three of us, I feel we had it kind of easy being born here in the city so we don't have to deal with like things that you know people who have just moved here you know deal with which is why i was like i thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear your point of view on it i definitely yeah like you know i mean like i feel extremely grateful to the fact it's like the 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 chances of being born in new york city it's like how does that even happen like it's all just a random chance it's a random shot and it's like the fact that i was born in new york city it's like that is i I am extremely grateful, grateful for it because it's just like how is that even possible? Like, how'd that happen? Like, it's just right. a chance. It's just a random shot in the dark. It's like, pfft. and it's amazing because there's, there's opportunity in this place like no other. Like I said before, of course, it's a it's a very, you know, competitive city, competitive place sometimes. But other places are like that too. But it blows my mind. I am extremely grateful for it because it's like the fact that I was born here. It's like, how does that even happen? Like, you know, it's just the, the spontaneity and yeah. the randomness of it. Like, how the hell is this even possible? You know what I mean? Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
It's insane. Yeah. It's a mind F if you really want to. <laughs> it's a mind F. Like of all places, I was born here. And it's, yeah, and it's like there are, there's, I feel there are opportunities. There's so many unique opportunities in New York. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's got an energy. It's got an energy to it. Yeah. It really does. And mm-hmm. I feel like it just has an energy to it. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, is there like anything that you want to end off the podcast with? Any like particular advices or shout or shout outs or anything that you want to leave our and you know your fans with? Um, no, nothing really. I'm not sure. I mean, I thank you both to you so much. Like, I'm really appreciative of you guys having me on. This is the first interview I have, and this is like I'm really grateful. Thank you for even like allowing me to take up time of the podcast. This is really cool. And I love what you guys are doing with the content and the different episodes. Um, nothing really to leave off with. I mean, just whoever checked out the song and just thank you so much. There's more coming soon. And that's really it. And, and where do you say people can find you on Instagram? Where you can find me on Instagram. My handle is all lowercase miltrick underscore. So M I L T R I C K underscore. That's my Instagram on Facebook, I'm just Miltrick at Miltrick Music will lead you to my page. Twitter, I'm just at Miltrick Music. Those are all lowercase. And yeah, those are my socials. If you want to find me on YouTube, the music video for Come Down is a song I released last month. That was the first single I released in 2021. That's on YouTube. Just Miltrick is my channel. You'll find the Come Down official music video and the Come Down lyric video. I'll hopefully be also working on a lyric video for Leave It All Behind, which will be out in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that's it for now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank thanks you. so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah. Cool. And there we end.